One of the greatest blessings that you and I have is that we are part of the family of God. We have been included in God's family. And Christians from all time, from the very beginning of the world all the way to the end of the world, you are included in that family. And it's not because of what you have done or what you haven't done. It's because of the grace of God, His unconditional love through Jesus, who lived perfectly, died innocently for you. You are part of God's family and included in His family because of Jesus. And what a great thing that is to know, right? What joy that brings us. Because all of us want to be included. All of us have this this need, this desire to be loved and accepted and included. Uh, it, It might not be from a big group of people, but at least one person we want to be included with. And my guess is that all of you sitting here this morning, uh, my guess is like me, you've been rejected before. And rejection hurts. It doesn't matter who you're rejected by. It could be from one person. It could be from a job. It could be from a team. Rejection hurts. We all want to be included. We all want to be loved. We all want to be accepted. And there's a TV show that wrapped its character around this very thing. He demonstrates what is inside each and every one of us. That's why we kind of like him. He kind of makes us feel awkward, but we like him. And that character is Michael Scott from The Office. He has this desire to be loved and accepted and uh, included. And he will do anything to get that inclusion. He will change anything about himself to be included. There's this one scene in season three where Jim and Josh, two guys, are talking with each other and Michael, and Jim and Josh start laughing and they say, oh, sorry, Michael, it's an inside joke. And Michael says, I love inside jokes. I'd love to be a part of one someday. And he would change anything about himself to get included. Here's why I need you to know this. Because you and I are very similar. We want to be included and sometimes we are willing to change things about ourselves to be included in a group. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes we need a change. But other times it's not so good. Sometimes what we need to change about ourselves isn't really about us. It's more about who we're associated with. See, sometimes to fit in with the group to fit in with people, to be included, accepted, and loved, we have to exclude ourselves from Jesus. And over the next year, my guess is you're going to be faced with this decision. Do I fit in with people? Do I gain their love, their acceptance, their approval, and exclude myself from Jesus? Or do I stay with Jesus and fit in with Jesus and get excluded from other people and get rejected? This is what Peter faced in our scriptures this morning. Peter was one of Jesus' closest disciples. Jesus had 12 followers called disciples, and kind of the head of them was a guy named Peter. And in Luke chapter 22, Peter was faced with the decision to make. Do I fit in with people, or do I stay fitting in with Jesus? And we're going to see what happens to Peter in Luke chapter 22. Here we go. Then seizing him, that's Jesus, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. 
Peter followed at a distance. Okay, so this is the night before Jesus dies. It's Thursday night. Uh, Jesus and his disciples had already celebrated the Passover. Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. He washed his disciples' feet. He taught the disciples. They left the upper room in Jerusalem, and they walked outside the walls of Jerusalem to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus prays. It's while Jesus is praying that Judas, another one of Jesus' twelve disciples, comes with the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the Roman guards to arrest Jesus because Judas betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. He was a sellout. And so they get there, they seize Jesus, and they lead him into Jerusalem to the house of the high priest. We know from Matthew, Mark, and John that all the disciples desert Jesus in the garden. They all leave. But Peter seems to have a change of heart. And he turns around, and he follows Jesus at a distance to the house of the high priest. It's in the city limits, uh, and outside the high priest's house is a courtyard where the servants of the high priest hang out. Peter goes there with them, and here's what happens. And when some there, outside the high priest's house, had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. So this took place in April. And in April in Jerusalem, uh, it's kind of like today, actually. It's, at night it gets down to 40s. And it, you think of Peter, first century. He's wearing maybe some outer clothes, a robe, and he's wearing open-toed sandals, no socks. So Peter's cold, 40 degrees. Uh, I'm cold with full clothing and my coat out this morning. Uh, Peter's cold. And so he gets to the, the courtyard of the high priest, and, and they build a fire. And so what's he do? He kind of slips in and tries to fit in with everyone, tries to go unnoticed, and sit down by the fire to keep warm. When all of a sudden the, the, the servant girl looks over and she, she stares at him, thinking, and it's one of those stares where, I know this guy from somewhere. Where have I seen him? Oh, you also were with him. And now all of a sudden Peter's sweating. It's not from the fire though. It's because he's under fire from the servant girl. And now he's got a decision to make. Do I try to fit in with these people? Or do I fit in with Jesus? He doesn't know these people. What if they arrest him? What if they put him on trial? What if they kill him? And so what does Peter do? Woman, I don't know him. He disassociates himself with Jesus. Time passes a little bit. It cools down. Everybody kind of looks away and he's blending in. But then another one happens. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. Peter, sitting around the fire, thought, Okay, dodge that bullet, no big deal. But someone else recognizes him and, and calls him out as well. Man, I'm not one of them. That's not me. I don't know him. Strike two. Peter gets one more opportunity. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. 
the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. A whole hour passes as Peter is fitting in. He's blending in. Those around him, he's, he's one of them. And then all of a sudden, somebody else recognizes him. As he's making small talk, all of a sudden, somebody says, Hey, wait a second. You've got to be with him. You're from up north. You're a Galilean. You're down here in south in Jerusalem. Your accent stands out. And just like a Midwestern accent stands out in Texas, Peter stands out in, in Jerusalem. And Peter says, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he says it, a rooster crows. And you know how you have that moment where, where something, all of a sudden you hear something, it kind of brings you back to reality? All of a sudden Peter says, uh-oh. And he looks at the high priest's house and who's looking right at him? Jesus. Through black and blue eyes, through blood running down his face, as Jesus is getting accusations thrown at him, false accusations thrown at him, he takes the time to turn and look directly at Peter. The irony of it all, Jesus told him this was going to happen. Hours before, when they were in the upper room, Jesus said, guys, all of you are going to leave me. You're all going to desert me. You're going to leave me to be. And Peter says, not me. All of these other people, they might, but not me, Jesus. I love you too much. I would never leave you. I would never do that. And and Jesus says, hey, Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And just what Jesus said was going to happen, happened. Why? Because a couple of servants asked, are you one of them? And that's your first point this morning. Are you one of them? That's essentially the question they asked Peter, right? You're one of them. Aren't you one of them? And Peter denied it three times. No, I'm not one of them. I want to fit in with you guys. I'm not one of them. But before we look down at Peter, and before we wonder, how in the world could you do that, Peter? I need you to know that you're going to face this question too. It might be in a month, might be in six months, might be within the year, but you are going to face this question. Maybe you already have this year. Are you one of them? Maybe you're talking to your friend and he's super scientific. He loves science. He's got a degree in science. Uh, and he's, he, he loves science because it's fact-based. And so he's talking one day and he just says, I, do, I just don't understand how Christians can believe that God created everything in six days. I just can't believe that they don't believe in evolution because the facts are the facts. You're not one of them, are you? And now you have a decision to make. You know what the Bible says. You know what God did. And yet, He's so confident. Are are you going to fit in with Him? Or are you going to stand firm on God's Word? Are you going to be included with people or God? Or maybe you're out with your friend and... 
it's over coffee and she's talking about how she's so sick of religion because uh, there's only fighting with religion and, and all of them lead to the same place anyways. As long as you're faithful to your religion, as long as you're faithful to what you believe and you're a good person, you're going to go to heaven anyway, so who cares? Uh, and then she says this, I just don't know how Christians can be so exclusive. How can they claim that it's only through Jesus that you get to heaven? You're not one of them, are you? And now you have another decision to make. Do you fit in with her and say some vague answer about, oh yeah, all, all people are good and, and uh, all that? Or do you stand firm with Jesus and tell her why Jesus is the way to heaven? What is it for you? What topic in the Bible, what topic about Jesus is it for you that if somebody were to ask, you're not one of them, are you? You don't believe that. You're not one of those, are you? What is that topic that would make you buckle? Because we all have them. Maybe that's an assignment for you this week. Think through that. What is it that someone could ask me that I would willingly reject Jesus to be included with them because I don't want to say I'm one of them. We all have them. And the thing is, Peter didn't wake up that morning thinking to himself, I'm going to reject Jesus today. And neither do you. Neither do I. We don't wake up in the morning and say, going down our to-do list, go to the co- pick up coffee, drop kids off at school, go to work, go uh, to lunch meeting, reject Jesus, pick up kids. That's not on our to-do list. But it happens. How do we get to that point? How did Peter get to that point? Think of Peter's background. He saw things, he heard things, he experienced things that 99% of the people in this world will never ever experience. So how did he end up rejecting Jesus? Let's rewind a little bit to earlier in the night. Think back to that upper room. What did Jesus tell the disciples? You're all going to leave me. What does Peter say? (laughs) Not me. Not me. No way. All these other people will, but not me. I love you too much, Jesus. It starts with pride. Then they go to the Garden of Gethsemane. And what does Jesus tell them to do? Watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation. And what what do the Peter and the disciples do? They fall asleep. So now you've got a guy who is prideful, doesn't think he can fall into this sin, and he's not praying to not fall into temptation, so a lack of spiritual life. And then what does he do? The third step? He goes and sits with people who reject Jesus. They may be morally good people. They may be stand-up citizens, but they reject Jesus. And when you're prideful... And when your spiritual life is lacking, guess what's going to happen when you surround yourself with people who reject Jesus? You're going to be asked, are you one of them? And Peter was. And because he was prideful and lack of spiritual life, he fell. And so that's your next point. Pride goes before the fall. And this is what Christians really struggle with, right? Let me correct that. This is what church-going people really struggle with. We don't struggle with lives of debauchery. We're not out living it up like that. What we struggle with 
is pride. I could never do that. I would never do what that person does. I would never do what he does. I would never do what she does. How could they possibly do that? That was Peter's attitude. And that's really what we struggle with. And when we're prideful and don't think we can fall into these sins, and when we're not praying about it, that God guard and keep our hearts from falling into those sins, and then we surround ourselves with people who may be morally good people but reject Jesus, guess what's going to happen? We're going to fall into the sins that we look and we say, I could never do that. And that's what happens to Peter. And in in being included with the people around the fire, guess what he excludes himself from? Jesus and the twelve disciples. And when we rather be included with people of this world, we exclude ourselves from Jesus and God's family. But here's the incredible thing. Here's the amazing thing I find in all of this. Here's Peter standing in the courtyard. He just rejected, denied Jesus three times, rejected knowing Him three times. And, and what, does, what happens? He looks up as this rooster crows and who's staring back at Him? Jesus. And I don't think Jesus' look was one of, I told you so, Peter. It wasn't one that just poured a lot of guilt on Peter. It was one that looked at him and said, I know. I knew this was going to happen. I love you, Peter, because this is why I'm here. Here's your third point today. Jesus was rejected so we can be accepted. This is why Jesus came, right? Jesus came into the world, God Himself, born into the world, born as a man, for one purpose. And it was to be rejected. To be rejected by people, to be rejected by the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and to be rejected by Pontius Pilate. And that's exactly what we see. Rejection after rejection after rejection. And guess what? It hurt. It was painful. We've already talked about how being rejected hurts. And it's true even for Jesus because He's just like us. He has the same emotions we have. Jesus was rejected and yet, the greatest rejection, the greatest hurt from Jesus occurred not during this time, but hours later when He was hanging on the cross, when He was rejected by God the Father. On the cross, do you remember what Jesus cried out? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? At that very moment, God the Father rejected Jesus. Why? Because in order to be in God's family, you have to be holy and perfect. Same is true with you and me. And at that very moment, Jesus took on all of your sins, all of your mistakes, all of your failures, all of your imperfections, and He said, God, they're mine. I'm responsible for everything that you see here. And God said, you know, you know that if you do this, you're not holy anymore and and, and I'm giving you the responsibility of all of these sins and that responsibility is you're going to be rejected from my family. And Jesus says, I know. And Jesus was excluded from God's family. Why? So that you and I can be accepted. So that you and I are in the family. But it gets even better. Not only are you in the family, but it's not like you're the black sheep. You know how families all have that black sheep where they're included in the family because they're they're family, but uh, they're kind of the black sheep. We include them because we love them, but uh, 
there's no black sheep in God's family. Here's why. The author to the letter of the Hebrews says this, Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. Jesus, the one who makes people holy, has made you holy. As He was rejected on the cross and He shed His blood, He took away all of your sins, making you holy and perfect in God's sight. You are not a black sheep. You are holy and perfect. In fact, here's what the author says. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Jesus is not ashamed to call you His brother. He's not ashamed to call you His sister. Because you are completely holy and perfect in His sight. He says, you are my brothers and sisters. We are part of God's family. There are no black sheep. We are all holy and perfect. Why? Because Jesus was rejected. Rejected by God so that you and I could be accepted. His pain is your gain. Is my gain. And He's not ashamed to call us His brothers and sisters. Jesus was rejected so we could be accepted. So what to do? What to do? Praise God that you are one of them. Because of Jesus, you are part of God's family. You have been included in the family of God, the the holy and perfect and righteous children of God because of Jesus. And you will be part of this family forever. Not just now, not just tomorrow, but for eternity. You have been included in that family. People's love and approval are here today and gone tomorrow. People's acceptance is here today, gone tomorrow. That's fickle. People's opinions change. God's opinion of you never, ever changes because of Jesus. He loves you, He accepts you, and He wants you to be part of His family for eternity. So this week, let's live for that approval. Let's live to fit in in that family. Let's live standing up for Jesus because that is the person who's included us into this family filled with love, joy, and peace for eternity. And His love and approval never fades away. And when we do fall, we rest back on Jesus who makes us holy. And He's not ashamed to call you His brother and sister even when we fall into sin, even when we don't stand up for Him uh, perfectly. This is the God that we have, the God who loves you so much that He sent His only Son for you and so that you can be included in the family of God. Let's praise and thank Him this week. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we praise and thank You uh, for loving us so much that You went through the pain of being rejected, not just by people, but You were rejected by God Himself. Uh, The deeper the relationship, the more hurt it causes being rejected. Uh, And to know that your relationship with God is one, because you are a triune God, what that rejection must have been like is beyond our comprehension. But we praise and thank you uh, for being rejected so that we can be accepted. Uh, This week, help us to stand firm uh, in your family. Help us to love you and praise you and look to be included Uh, by you and look for your love and approval. Be with us this week. Help us to know that you love us and forgive us in all things. Amen.